welcome to another episode of Strange Days Live. On this Wednesday, February 7th, 2024, coming directly from Southern California, we welcome you into tonight's show. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you for another night of stories, scary stories. We had a good feedback about yesterday in regards to uh, this format, so we're going to keep going uh, today. I'm going to do the same thing, delve into some strange, scary stories, and we invite you guys to go on to the show. I'm putting a link right now into our streaming services. You guys can click on those, and it'll bring you back to the uh, into the program. Hey, Brad. How are you, buddy? Good to have you here. Uh, that way you guys can join us if you wish, or you can scan the little QR code that'll bring you into our other end, which is the WhatsApp um, services, or you can call us at 951-888-0313. So there's a lot of uh, avenues in order for you guys to come and join the show. I'll post a number here shortly. still raining here in California, which I truly enjoy. cold, just right, and uh, the tail end of our storm, and uh, all my friends have marked themselves safe on Facebook, so I know everybody's doing well. All right, let's turn down a little bit here, the music, just so something in the background, I don't like the quietness, too quiet. I'd like to have a little bit of noise in the back just to make sure that uh, the mood is right. And uh, without further ado, oh, let me just, hey JD, how are you? Welcome to the show. Today we're going to follow the same sort of format we did yesterday. We're going to do the scary story and then Hope you guys are doing well, and we'll get it started right away. We'll jump into the show. I got a couple of good stories. Not that yesterday's stories weren't good. It's just that uh, I had some more time to prep today, so I got some stories for you. Let's see here. First story. Um, let's see. It's a short story. It's called, titled, actually, We Got Lost in a Forest, and it was one of the strangest experiences of my life. This is by uh, a Reddit uh, subreddit here. The, 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 supposedly, they're, they're true stories, okay? Take that with a, a grain of sand. But uh, the writer is Bapo the Mighty. This was written four years ago. It got a quite uh, a lot of approval, so I'll go ahead and get started. It's called We Got Lost in the Forest. And it was one of the strangest experiences of my life. The following story took place quite a few years back. However, it still baffles me completely, and I'd like to share it here on this Reddit post. I am a teenager, and I've been in scouting, dash, Boy Scouts, for nearly all of my life. And I really enjoy exploring with my friends, getting together, and being uh, trusted more and more as I get my badges and get higher in the organization. A few years ago... 
me and two girls named Amy and Harriet were asked to head into the woods surrounding our campsites to find a long, straight stick suitable for carving into a point. This is usually the tasks that are assigned uh, by our um, scout leaders. Bear in mind that I was a lot younger back then, Harriet was older, and Amy was only one year older than myself. So we had been walking in deliberately the same direction as to not get lost as the scouts uh, tell us to do when we are walking with other people in the forest and memorizing our surroundings as we went along as well in order to find our way back easily. About 15 minutes into our quest, we took the question of taking the back. So we turned around and decided to head back to the campsite. That's when the initial panic set in. The trees had almost unnaturally knitted themselves together in such a way that it seemed our path was non-existent and the familiarity of our surroundings became weird. Like things that were once normal had just vanished. We looked around and we spun around in a 360 view and now everything looked exactly the same. Trees we could have sworn were different from one another appear of all copies as of the same tree. It seemed like if we were in some kind of mirror reality. We kept walking in what we thought was the correct way, in the correct direction, uh, and we started shouting for help. And eventually we came to a concrete path that we had not crossed previously on our search deep into the forest, and it looked almost like a road. But it was very, very thin. Um, and it separated the forest at this point, and then it split it into two. We did not follow the road uh, as it went into the quote-unquote roadway from what we thought that the, our camp was at. But on the other side of the, of the path, we noticed that there were more forests. And nearby, as we could see in the distance, it seemed to be an abandoned house or a shack or something that had a roof over it. Uh, we thought it was probably used for storage or something else, but we had no idea anything like this was out here in these woods. So here we were, three of us, lost, shouting for help in a place that all of a sudden had changed from what we were used to it. So we just kept walking into the direction where we continue to believe was the right direction. Now, to add more mystery, we came across a different type of road now. Now, this is when things got extremely odd, because here we are walking in the direction we think was the right direction, screaming, yelling. We're crossing a second road that we had not seen on the way before. Uh, this time, the road was populated by a woman wearing a pink and purple regatta outdoors coat. And she happened to walk past us very tranquil, and we frantically uh, asked her for the directions to our scout campsite. By now, according to our watches and by uh, Harriet's phone, one of the girls walking, we had been lost for about an hour and a half. Um, she said she's never seen any of us before and she's never seen any uh, scouts in the area before. She said that she lives about three miles down the road and she tried to calm us down as she thought we were 
who looked very uh, scared and out of place. She says that there is a campsite in that direction pointing uh, opposite where we were walking. And for some reason, we trusted her. We followed her advice and eventually came back to our campsite. We frantically ran around uh, trying to look for one of our scoutmasters and we apologized for taking so long and we kind of explained our situation. We told them that we suddenly got lost. The forest seemed uh, unusual. We told them about this mirror-like experience. We talked to them and we told them about that we crossed these two roads and we finally found somebody that was able to point us into the right direction. Our leader's name was Ian. And uh, from the looks uh, of his face and his gestures towards us, he could see that we were shaken up. And he stated uh, confused, uh, but very understanding. He told us, you guys been only gone for like 20 minutes, he said. And that our free time was still going on. So uh, where was this stick that they had sent us on the mission to find? We told him we didn't find any sticks and that he was wrong, that we had been gone for an hour and a half. He said, nope, you guys have been gone for about 25 minutes. To this day, uh, it baffles all three of us, which have since kept a tight friendship, as we had experienced some time of time slip, because for sure we knew that we had been there for longer than 25 minutes. Um... The forest we were lost in felt crushing and claustrophobic. I still think about it every once in a while. We all do. Like, reflecting back on it, it seems like we had entered a sort of a area in which time lost his usual ability to keep time. I believe in the paranormal. However, this is was so like anything that I've heard or experienced before, that I have no other, <clears throat> that we three don't have any other explanation. It literally was like we'd been in a time vortex or something and spent hours, hours in the forest. Uh, the feeling was very strange and we still think about it to this day. This by far is a true story, reports the writer. So, you know, we talked before in the past uh, about some time slip stories. There are some um, prior uh, broadcasts that we've probably died. I'm sure that we did. Uh, and um, yeah, there's a lot of cases of time slippage. There's few cases that are um, that I remember distinctly. There was one in uh, in France in which uh, a couple, uh, two couples, actually were able to stay at a, a at a weird hotel. They were English couple, and they were able to stay at this one place in the north of the north part of France in which everything seemed to kind of roll back into about 100 years prior to the time that they were there. I think they were there in the 70s, and they explained that everything sort of went back in time to like the turn of the century. They were able to spend there a day or so, I believe, a day, and um, they stayed at the hotel, and they came back uh, the following year, I think, and then the, the place was not there anymore, or they had never been there um that's one of the time slip stories that I kind of remember. Then there was one in Liverpool about a, a gentleman who was shopping at a local street and he walked into a store 
and everything inside the store turned back about 40 years prior and uh, he came back out of the store and then he was back in his own timeline so i don't know weird uh but i believe this uh, was written sincerely and you know and um the woods are a strange place you guys are familiar with the lost 411 or missing 411 series you know uh, david polites is an author that documents all these strange disappearances around national parks <clears throat> they all seem to have an air of uh, missing time so who knows pretty weird stuff so that was the first story hey rafa good to have you on the show our second story is called this is a little bit uh, long it's called i went to a serial killer's lair this was written three years ago by mr the username veggie maniac and it's gotten a lot of re good replies so i'll go on it says hello redditors Here's a story that I have never told anyone, anybody, partly because elements of the story are just not appropriate in most social situations. As a result, I've locked this away in my memory, and I rarely think about it until today. Fair warning, this story does involve some sketchy uh, sexual situation, but does not describe any actual sexual acts. <clears throat> And uh, as another disclaimer, I am completely aware that this story involves me being very stupid and careless. I'm not going to inject these acknowledgments into the story, but rest assured that in hindsight, I am aware of the foolishness that took place and I don't need to be chided on that topic. Now, where to begin? The year was approximately 1988-1999. I was a young man in my early 20s. Uh, living in a medium-sized city in the Midwest of the U.S. This was sort of an in-between transitional time in my life. Uh, I had just came out as uh, someone uh, of the gay community. And in the mid or late 90s, it was a transitional time for gay people. Where in most populous areas, we had had enough respect to live openly. Still in the Midwest, there was a lot of backlash and people... Um, I did not like our lifestyle or did not like us. It was well before the, adventure, uh, the invention of smartphones and the internet was still in the early stages of mass adoption. There were large communities online such as America Online, but it was not yet at the point where most Americans were online, if you catch my drift. Online socialization consider uh, mostly of chat rooms hosted by various services like the above mentioned Yahoo or IRC servers, AOL, and so forth. And message, message boards were still in use by a large number of people. Uh, for some uh, of us in the gay community at the time, it was nothing short of revolutionary to be able to talk to somebody who identifies um, in other parts of the U.S., in other parts of the world, for that matter. Prior to this, prior to the Internet, that is, uh, and to the broader cultural changes, uh, gay men have been stuck looking for uh, fun and secretive and or shading places due to the inability to freely express ourselves. In the 90s, it was still considered somewhat risky, but the internet offered a way to freely talk about my feelings uh, and to associate a lot anonymously with uh, people of like-mindedness without the risk of being outed or worst. 
for this reason, I really took off. Uh, it really took off in this uh, community, uh, and I became involved uh, with this particular group, and so uh, in, the, in a social platform which remains unnamed. It was certainly very easy and relatively safe to find dates, uh, friends, or just somebody to uh, go out with. And it quickly became part of the norm for those in the Midwest to find uh, relationships. On the other hand, being such a new communication tool for most people, we were sometimes uh, blinded by the risks associated. Being an attractive young man in my early 20s, I made liberal use of the online communities to find quote-unquote dates. Uh, that is to say, I had plenty of quote-unquote hookups. My city had a decent number of chat rooms and personal message boards, and I had uh, mostly great experiences. I met the typical assortment of good guys, closet cases, and weirdos that you expect, but I've also met some cool people as well. I wasn't an absolute... Uh, he uses the word ho by most standards, but suffice to say that uh, I was able to find people that were dateable, uh, you know, more, mostly than I would if these chat rooms did not exist. At some point during this time, I had a brief chat on a message board with a guy from my city. I had forgotten his scream name by now. It's been over 20 years. So let's call him Mr. Uh, let's call him Slim Guy 65. This was a back and forth and happened on general threats uh, in this particular section of the community, uh, not in a private message way. So it was visible to anyone who chose to read the thread. Nothing had come of it, but about a week later, I received an email from an unrecognized address. The email basically said, hey, I'm not gay and I don't agree with the gay lifestyle. I'm here because my friend met this slim guy 65 person from this message board. And the guy really hurt him. I don't want the same thing happening to anybody else. So I'm sending emails to those who have been chatting with him to warn them. My friend tried to tell the police, but they wouldn't do anything. And I see you were talking to Slim Guy 65 to just be careful and stay away from him. That's when the message suddenly ended. Okay. That's strange, I thought. What did this person mean by really hurt him? Was his heart broken? Did he get beat up or verbally abused? Or what happened? Was my response to the email asking for further clarification on what exactly had happened. But I never received the response. I was slightly weirded out by it. Uh, remember, it was early on on the internet. But on the other hand, it had an anonymous uh, email from receiving an anonymous email from somebody who doesn't respond and is very vague about the warning. I kind of dismissed it. This could be anything, I thought. Uh, it could be some disgruntled ex trying to mess with me or mess with this guy. Um, or it could be a real warning about somebody who didn't approve of my lifestyle or perhaps warning me. It could be someone trolling who doesn't have anything to do with anybody. I just kept it in the back of my mind and I pretty much shrugged it off. Several weeks later, I had a weekday off of work and I decided to take to the internet to fish for some uh, attention, as it was my custom to do. Lo and behold, I had an email respond to my personal ad. It was from SlimGuy65. He was offering to meet me at his place to hang out and just have a good time. 
I won't go into details, as I recall that there weren't really many details discussed other than a small talk and intros we'd done previously. We weren't greater friends. We had just chatted. We were, you know, I had knowledge of him from the chat group, but nothing besides that. So nothing about this guy was really sounding interesting to me as just a warning that I've gotten from some other email address before. But it had no other offers on that day, uh, so I decided, why not? Let's give this guy a try. As I typed my reply, I suddenly remember <clears throat> the strange email again that I had received about the warning. Uh, I went back and reread it to reassure myself that uh, it was probably nothing. It was still sounding vague to me, still presenting for more questions and no answer, and the fact that I never received that reply made me dismiss it once again. Should I take this anonymous warning at face value or just ignore it? I decided to go check him out anyways. His address was on the rather busy street in the middle of a dense residential area not too far from me. Uh, and it wasn't some shack out out of the woods. Uh, I thought I could handle myself physically if it came down to it. Uh, and if it's weird, I'll just get out of there. Before long, I arrived at the house at the agreed time. It was some kind of duplex style house with one apartment on the ground floor and one on the second floor, part of a row of several identical duplexes. It was the middle of an afternoon, there was plenty of traffic on the street, and the occasional person on the porch in the backyard, so it seemed like a very fair, normal, natural building. I pulled into the driveway to the parking area behind the house, got out, and knocked on the door. The guy that answered was pretty normal, kind of mousy looking man probably in his 40s i was in my early 20s mid 20s slight slim build very soft spoken it looked like any guy working in an office cubicle somewhere not really my type but honestly my curiosity was piked, picked and i had nothing better to do so i stepped inside to take a look around and gauge the situation with this warning email fresh in my mind i stepped back into the door into the kitchen it was very clean. There was nothing out of the out of the ordinary. Uh, there was nothing in the counters. There was no table, no chairs, anything. That is to say, it did not look like someone was living there. It had been kept up and cleaned, but looked empty. Looking out into the apartment, I could see that there was not set up as a living space. There was a large window with uh, sliding glass uh, between the kitchen and the living room, and I could see what looked like a large table out in the living room area. Uh, Slim Guy 65, I had not gotten his name yet, said something like, this isn't where I live. A friend of mine used to run a doctor's office here. I maintain the building for him, and it's private enough, so we have a place to ourselves. I thought, that's kind of weird, but okay. He shut the door and locked it with a keyed deadbolt, the kind that uh, you need to get a key to open, even from the inside, and put his keys back in his pocket saying, so, what do you want to do? At this point, my danger sense spiked. This is not a normal home. Why is he locking the door like that? It's not necessarily suspect. A lot of people have that sort of lock on their doors. And it used to be an office building. And the door has a window. So maybe it just makes sense. Still, something's not right here. Kept uh, kept telling myself. <clears throat> but now uh, I'm also locked in. I asked him why he was locking the door like that. Which immediately upset him. 
He was looking rather nervous now, and his voice was a little wavery and halting, not quite stuttering, but almost there. He said, uh, uh, well, we don't want somebody to come in and interrupt us, right? Flashing a weak, unconvincing smile. His demeanor and body language were all I needed to confirm that this guy was up to no good, or at least that there was something he was hiding. However, I could tell that I was intimidating him. I was not particularly muscular, but I have a large frame. Like, even when I am at my very thinnest, I still wear a size large top. I have a 36-inch waist, so I tend to look big. Which people tend to interpret as me being stronger than I am, than I really am. Also, I'm not a tough guy at all, but I have a resting facial expression that makes me look like a badass thug. People who don't know me often assume that I am rough or something. I sometimes use this to my advantage. In this particular occasion, it came very handy. Um, because before long, a new acquaintance will eventually figure out that I am a total wimp. LOL. But this was definitely an occasion to play up the tough guy appearance, and I did like that. I put on my best steely face and told him to unlock the door immediately and that I don't want to be locked up in here. He looked for me in a moment like he was going to pee his pants and then he said, okay, all right, I'll unlock this. And he went ahead and unlocked the deadbolt. And I'll just lock the knob. Is that okay? And he turned on the little dial that locks the doorknob, leaving the deadbolt unlocked, which was fine by me. I continued to stare at him until he said, I'm going to leave the keys on the counter right here and he set his keys down near the sink. I was relatively satisfied now with the answer, and at this point, though my adrenaline was flowing, I was almost in full flight or fight mode, but I was kind of stuck in this place, and I felt a little bit better. The guy was between me and the door, but for some odd reason, I started freaking out. This little weasel did not appear to pose any immediate physical threat to me, I could tell that his pant pockets were empty and that I was intimidating the living hell out of him. But I didn't know exactly what to do. Now, keep in mind that despite my wordly like the, the, the description, this all happened very, very quickly <clears throat> without any really long pauses. It occurred maybe in about a minute or a minute and a half since I entered the door. It had only been... Uh, so this is all the pace of the conversation. Sorry. The guy was obviously very nervous and trying not to appear so. He said, well, let's go in, and walked a wide path around me through the kitchen into what would normally be the living room and towards the hall to the right uh, from there. I was familiar with the floor layout. It was very common in this type of area. Uh, the hallway would lead to two small bedrooms with a bathroom in between them. I hesitated, thinking that I should just walk out of the back door and take off, but really now um, I was super curious. I knew that there was no way in hell I'm going to do anything with this guy, but I kind of want to see what's going on in here. And uh, also, I'm confident that he can't take me if I came down to a fight that I would have the upper hand. So I slowly headed into the living room. It felt like I was walking in slow motion. From the kitchen entrance, I could see a large rectangular stainless steel table taking up a lot of the living room. I remember thinking, this looks like a surgical table. 
It looked like uh, it could rise and tilt, and it had a recessed channel running all the way around the edge. <clears throat> In hindsight, I now know what it was. It was 100% a mortician stable. Dude had a mortician stable in here. But at the time, I thought it looked like a medical table of some sort. There was some other office-type cabinets and stuff around, I think. But uh, now all that I remember is at the table in the room. The large front window looking onto the street was covered by vertical blinds that were obviously closed. Slim Guy 65 said something like, this used to be a doctor's office again. And I said, yeah, you told me that already. And then he said, come on back here. The hallway revealed the room setup that I had expected. The first bedroom door was locked, was closed. The second door was open to a small, very clean bathroom. At the end of the hall was another bedroom, which looked like if the doctor's office story, which was looking like the story's office story was true. At one point in time, this was a doctor's office. But um, he said, we can go in that room if you want to. Go ahead and take a look. And he stayed by the other closed bedroom door. The back bedroom door was open and I could see that there was walls covered up in a honey colored wood panel. The type you might see in a den or an office that hasn't been updated since the early 1970s. I slowly took a few steps down that door. Trying to be very aware of what Mr. Creepy was doing behind me. But he wasn't moving. When I got up to that room, the first thing I noticed was the door had a key deadbolt locked like the, like the back door had. This room locked from the outside. I wonder if there was a lever on the inside, but I pretty much knew the answer to that question without needing to check. I also saw a chair, a non-swiveling plastic deck chair with thin metal legs sitting near the center of the room. The room had old dark carpets and those wood panel walls. I noticed that the walls were completely paneled with no windows. And I know that that room had at least one window, probably two. So whoever did the paneling had to go and cover the windows, which will be typical for an examination room. There was also a phone in there plugged in and sitting on the floor. It was an old office phone, probably from around the 80s, or early 90s. Uh, dingy beige plastic with several buttons to manage different phone lines just sitting on the carpet near the wall with the chair at the slight distance facing the phone there was nothing else in that room but emptiness I was standing at the threshold of that room with one foot slightly in absolutely not going past the door I looked back at Slim Guy 65 and it was still standing by the other door just nervously smiling at me, trying hard to look casual, but obviously very nervous or something. He said something like, well, what do you want to do? Instead of answering, I felt around the back side of the deadbolt lock. Sure enough, nothing there but the smooth wood of the door. It also dawned on me that I did not see a light switch anywhere for the ceiling lamp that was hanging in the middle of this empty room. Where was the switch? Who knows? It should have been just inside of the door, of course, but the original switch was covered up by the paneling. He mumbled something about not having the key to the lock, and he said, don't worry about it. I turned back to face Slim Guy 65 and just said, what is it that you want to do here? My skin had gone ice cold as I realized that I was way, way, way too far into this apartment or doctor's office 
I was running through my options in my head. What is this guy going to do to me? He doesn't appear to have any weapons or anything in reach, but this is just odd. Who the heck or what the heck is going on in this place? And I asked him flat out, what are you trying to do? He was totally derailed by that. He stammered, some uh, hot man-to-man fun with the weakest smile I've ever seen, looking like he was just a hair breath from panicking himself. That sounds comical, but really, that sentence was probably the most chilling part of the entire experience for me. It was the way he said it, like he had come up with something on the fly, something that would sound plausible, and he failed. Who says that in real life? Hey, do you want to have some hot man-to-man fun? Nobody. It's something you see in an advertisement for a cheesy site. Huh. That was it. I said, nope, I want to go home. I'm leaving. He said, okay. I quickly walked past him and he flattened himself against the wall to avoid me. And I hopped right out through the living room uh, to the dissection uh, table area and through the kitchen to the back door which was thankfully still not deadbolted. The keys were still on the counter. I let myself out of the door and didn't bother closing that. As I saw him slowly coming to the door behind me, I deliberately walked, not ran to my car. Looking back at the building, I could see that indeed there was a window facing the backyard, uh, the backyard area from the panel room, but of course it was covered from the inside. Dude was shutting and locking the back door as I walked away. As I left, my heart was pounding, my skin was still ice cold, and I kept thinking, oh my goodness, what was I about to get myself into, and what was that? So was this guy some kind of killer, or was he just awkward, closeted guy with access to a sterile-looking apartment with an autopsy mortuary table in the middle, and a windowsless room that locks from the outside? It's clear to me that the poor soul who walks into that room gets locked in. He probably shuts off the light from somewhere and calls the phone. Other than that, it's anybody guess what happens in that house. I assume the friends of the judgmental person who emailed me must have had some kind of kid that got in there, got locked up, and was a victim of whatever game Slim Guy 65 likes to play. Driving home, at first I thought, of course, I had to call the police and tell them that I was in this weird, odd place. But thinking through, I realized I didn't really have any crime to tell them about. I just had an experience. I went to meet uh, another man for what? What was I going to tell him? To have fun? He had a room with a chair in it. Nothing wrong with that. There was an autopsy table. Nothing wrong with that. The guy never, never touched me and never did anything to me. So I ended up uh, considering maybe calling an anonymous tip line, but again, what exactly would I accuse him of and what would I report? There was no actionable crimes. And I also kept in mind that at that time, while the local police in the city were pretty decent, they weren't especially interested in getting involved with helping the community. They prosecute actual crimes. If it was cut and dry, but I had plenty of accounts of them not choosing to follow up on cases where there were people affected that identify as gay. 
I decided not to report anything because nothing would come of it except drawing unwanted attention to myself. Even in retrospect, I think it was probably the most radical choice at the time. Uh, I think that if it happened today in 2020, the law enforcement would probably be a lot more interested, but back then, not so much. I still drove past the house once in a while in the normal course of life for several years, and I paid attention to how it looks. The vertical blinds were closed for maybe five to six years whenever I, I drove past. Then eventually the blinds were down and there was decorative curtains in the window, so I assumed the place was eventually sold to somebody who actually lived in it. Around 2002, there was a murder of a young man on the news. He'd been found in the next state, which borders my city, so it's not very far away, but I recognized the guy from the gay community, but didn't know him personally. He was one of the occasional people in the chat. A friend mentioned to me something about a local serial killer. I said, what? He explained that a few young men had gotten missing over the past years, each after being at a specific dive bar and each being found several miles to the north past the state line and out of the country. The case on the news matched up with the Slim Guy 65. My friend told me that the guy uh, had been at the bar, left with somebody that night, had disappeared, and he had seen him. The news report didn't mention anything about a gay bar or similar recent cases or meeting people on the internet. And I had wondered if my acquaintance with Slim Guy 65, I could have been one of the victims. There was the location was the same that I had been into. The murders apparently was taking place this uh, in the excuse me in the empty room. This guy would get their victims, lure them into the room, frantically tease them for about a couple of days via the phone, and just when he was about to let them free, he would capture them and take their lives. The table that was found in the middle of the office building was not used for autopsies, but was used to cut up the deceased. There had been seven noted uh, crimes, and I could have been number eight. To this day, this experience continues. Pretty crazy stuff. Let's go see here the band. Let me see. You know, yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy, man, to be able to come that close to death and uh, and be able to be a quote unquote survivor, even though nothing happened to this guy. Something strange could have happened to him had he not realized. Uh, well, yeah, pretty crazy stories. Um, I actually, I, I've told this stuff. My, my, I had a personal story, not that I, I was a victim, but I actually, back in the mid '90s, like late '90s, I used to play in a band with a guy who was, uh, at the time, I considered him to be a friend. Um, and uh, we had a, a sort of like a grunge band if you will, garage grunge band. We played for about a year or maybe six months, and, but we were friends outside of that. And then um, about a year, 
uh, about a year later, uh, well, this guy, actually, this was in California, and this guy, uh, eventually the band never did anything. Uh, we remained friends, and then he said that he wanted to go back to Colorado. That's where he was originally from. So he kind of got tired of the California deal. Band never came into fruition. He was working odd jobs, and he decided to go back to Colorado. So to Colorado he went. We had a I had a personal friend uh, that we both shared, and uh, this other guy who happened to be the drummer of the band kept in touch with him. So I was, uh, I was, you know, I played guitar. The, we had a drummer, and then the, the lead singer. So the lead singer and the drummer were really good friends. They kept in touch, and about a year after he decided to go back to Colorado, I, um, I saw my friend, the drummer, and he came up to me just with a sudden, like a sullen look in his face, and he goes, "Did you hear what happened to Lucas?" I said, no, 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 what happened? He said, well, Lucas is in jail. And I said, what, what happened? He said, yeah, when he killed, he killed somebody. And I said, no way. I go, what would like a car accident or something like that? He said, no, man, him and some other guy kidnapped a girl and they, they, uh, you know, they committed a crime. And I was like, no way, that's insane. I said, this is, you know, I couldn't believe it. I mean, this guy was somebody that you would picture, quote unquote, to be somebody normal. Uh, and then all of a sudden we're here that he committed this awful crime. And actually, if you want to look uh, the case, his name was Lucas Salmon, like the fish. Lucas Salmon, S-A-L-M-O-N. Uh, look it up. Yeah, I, I played uh, in, in a band with that guy. You can read all about uh, the stuff that he did, and he's still in jail. And he was he was able he was actually due to be on death row, but he was able to escape uh, death row due to um, some medical condition that he had. But yeah, Lucas Salmon, if you look up that case in in, in uh, Google, you'll be able to see that, that that was a guy that I used to know and that he played music with. He was able to commit this horrendous crime you'll be able to read about it. i don't want to talk it too much in youtube because they'll probably block me if i mention some words but yeah that's crazy huh and in regards to the case that we just kind of went through uh um yeah back in the internet people were very gullible uh when the internet first came out you trusted a lot of people and you know there was a lot of hooking up if you will but uh you know it could have been just like the just to lure somebody in, lure to use somebody to bring somebody into a scary situation, especially this guy. That's crazy stuff. Wow. Let's see. Um, let's see what other story we can. The story is called "Not My Mother" by. Uh, a user redditor though had been deleted, not no longer active. So this story happened about eleven years ago. This was written three years ago. Uh, I was a senior in high school at the time, but in the single mo most mind-boggling thing. Okay, let me start over. So this story happened eleven years ago. I was a senior in high school at the time, but this is the single most mind-boggling thing that I have ever experienced since then. It's also important to note that it happened in mid-December. I am from Iowa, and in the winters here, it gets very cold at night. Like if you get stuck outside, you will die kind of cold. That plus the snowfall makes everything dead silent. You can hear anything and everything inside the house and even immediately outside of it. Well, me and my best friend were hanging out 
at my family's walkout basement, just having a boring night playing video games. We were also the only ones home. The reason it was just us is because my mother went from work straight to a bar to grab a few drinks with co-workers. So me and my friend thought it would be a good idea to break into the family's wine and live a little, quote unquote. As we were sitting there opening up our first bottle of wine, I heard the door to the garage open and slam shut. I immediately got up and said, damn, put the the wine bottle away and start looking for places to hide it. My friend then says, I thought you said your mom was supposed to be out all night. She was, I replied. I then heard a few heavy stomps and I heard my mom yell out, hello, anybody home? I yelled back up the stairs, yeah, just hanging out in the basement, mom. I heard a few more steps move from the garage door towards the stairs and she yelled out again, can you come help me with something? I need you up here right away. I replied back uh, while frantically uh, trying to hide the cork of the bottle. Uh, Yeah, just give me a minute, mom. Then there was silence for about 20 seconds. Is anybody down there with you? She yelled back in a more concerned, serious tone in a voice that was slightly off from my mother's natural voice. This was the first thing that uh, told me that something wasn't right. Our family never cared if anybody was over, and our house was a very open house to all family and friends. And the voice, it was just wrong. Like, it sounded like my mother's, but it was missing something that I couldn't put my finger on. Uh, I was weirded out, and I replied back, just called in. After I yelled that back to her, I found a good place to uh, put the cork and began walking up the steps to the next level of the house. Now, as I was walking up the steps, I couldn't help but feel an overbearing silence of the house and a slightly electric twinge that something isn't right. When I got to the top of the steps, I looked over to where the garage door is and also the kitchen, which is right next to it, and it was pitch black. All of the lights were off, and there was no moonlight shining through the windows. I walked over to the kitchen yelling out, Mom? Mom, where are you? There was no reply, just silence and darkness. I felt the electric twinge turn into a full needles, and my adrenaline started kicking full force. I have to get out of here as fast as possible was my first thought. This is not my mom. I ran, I ran back back the stairs, grabbing my coat along the way. What's wrong, Colton was yelling. My mom's not home. What? He said. I replied as fast as I could, uh, looking for my truck keys. What do you mean, Colton says. You were just talking with her, and I heard her too. I could see the confusion on his face. Uh, there was no one home. We need to leave now. I took a few steps towards the back door that opens up the yard, and I see my dog shaking on the couch, and my cat was growling right behind him. I couldn't just leave them. I just knew that if uh, I left them, something would happen. Are we leaving? Colton said, still confused as hell. No, I can't just leave them alone. I said, something is really off. I'm going to call my mom and figure this out. I pulled out my phone and called my mom. She picked up immediately. Hi, honey. What's going on? She answered. Mom, where are you? Were you just home? I heard you yelling for me from the second level. I heard you open the garage door and I heard you walking upstairs. Are you still here? And when I went up to look for you, you weren't there. Where did you go? I said frantically, hoping that she was playing a joke. No, no, I'm I'm just leaving the bar, honey. I wasn't feeling very well. Are you okay? What do you mean you heard me? I filled her in on the whole story and she rushed home. Colton and I stayed in the basement with the animals until she got home. We didn't hear any more noises. The, quiet, the, the house was eerily. 
quiet. But before she did, uh, uh, minutes passed, and then all of a sudden we started hearing noises upstairs again. Something was going up, going down the stairs. Uh, it wasn't walking, but it was sliding, uh, and there was a distinct pressure in the air, like a black hole was slowly moving from one room to the next. Huh. When she got home, you could feel the thing, that thing that was walking upstairs leave just as quickly as it came in, like an overbearing predatory presence had just flown away. We still have never figured out to this day what the hell happened or what happened or what, what was that that we experienced. And this is just one of the story of the main unexplainable things that have happened to us. But this is the one that's easier to explain. My mom has passed away now and I have moved to Arizona. But whenever I go back to Iowa and see Colton, he still gets creeped out by what happened that night. I never really truly know what happened, but I know that whatever it was, it wasn't my mom's voice. It was an evil and hungry thing. Yeah, that's kind of freaky. Okay, I've heard, uh, there, you know, there's like a lot of things about uh, skinwalkers. Are they able to kind of throw, throw a voice? So they're able to kind of speak or mimic somebody's voice? That's pretty, pretty creepy stuff. Okay, let's see. Let's, let me see what's going on in the studio. Hey, you guys, I hope you're enjoying the Scary Stories Part 2. Uh, if you want to tell your own scary story, go ahead and click on the click on the link that I put or call us or just click on the QRS code. I'm sure you guys probably have some weird stuff that has happened to you personally, and I would appreciate it if you share with the rest of us. All right, go on to the next one here. Let's see. This is called a traumatizing night shift posted by another deleted user. This was posted five years ago. Story goes on. <clears throat> this is probably the creepiest, most unexplainable thing that has ever happened to me. I used to work overnight as a security guard at the local port. Usually, none of the port workers would stay overnight except for the safety officials. I wouldn't be on shift alone since the site had a radius of nearly two miles. Overnight, usually there would be about three guards, including myself. Since the area was considered fairly big, there were different posts, but front gate was the main entrance area where all of the guards would be stationed overnight since there was no need to put them in posts throughout the facility. Uh, because there was rarely any activity towards the back of the property. The veteran guards that have been there for years would often say that the site was haunted, given the fact that there had been accidents and death that occurred in that area a long time ago. I was aware that people died due to freak accidents, and I do believe in angels or demons since I'm actually a religious person, but I always thought that the superiors were just messing with the new guys. I would work five to six nights out of the week, and for the first few weeks, I never really saw or heard anything out of the ordinary, except for maybe a few questionable creaks, and I would see a few misplaced objects while doing my patrol rounds, but nothing too crazy. Just to describe the setting to you, this is a fairly big site, and on occasions uh, when there were big projects being constructed at the port, the workers would sometimes stay overnight. Due to the fact that there were times uh, where the port workers were required to stay at the port for a few days, there's a gym in the site for their convenience. 
Uh, this gym is fair, the gym is fairly old. In the gym, there's a sauna, weights, and even a racquetball court. Uh, if you don't know what a racquetball court is, it's similar to an indoor tennis court with thin plaster walls and thick glass doors. Usually, on our patrol rounds, me and one of the other guards, Mike, would stop by the gym and play a few rounds of racquetball before returning back to the front gate. On one of those nights, me and Mike decided to hit a full workout instead of playing racquetball. This is around 2 in the morning and the entire building is so quiet that you can hear the, electri the electricity running through the lights. The air conditioner is off and so everything else, and so is everything else. The only thing that's running are the lights. 15 to 20 minutes into the workout, we heard a loud thump. We crossed it off as nothing and continued working out. Then after a few more minutes, we heard the loud thump once more. At first, we thought that it was our lieutenant, which could have been walking around, but when we radioed him and gave us his location, which was front gate, we tried thinking logically on what could possibly be making the thumping sound in the wall. They were coming from the court on the other side. We thought it was the air conditioner, but then we remembered that this unit had been off, and even when it switched on during the day, there's no reports of thumps coming from the air conditioner. After a few more minutes, the thumps started occurring one right after another. By this time, we were very creeped out. But what were they? But we were about to witness still scares the absolutely bejesus out of me to this day. We started to approach the other side of the gym to where the glass door was. We turned on the flashlight and aimed it towards the clear glass door, and I got chills all over my body, and I started hearing so much out of fear that I was about to cry. We saw one of the balls rolling slowly by itself inside the court, but there was nobody inside, so that means that the loud thumps were the balls mysteriously being tossed again against the wall as if somebody or something was playing inside of the racquetball cage. We were both so confused and frightened to how this was really happening that we couldn't make sense of it. We started yelling and running away because we knew that there was probably something evil toying with us right then and there. As we sprinted full back speed to the front gate, the lieutenant saw us and asked us why we were crying and running in a ridiculous manner. We told him that we had just witnessed and his facial expression scared us even more. And then he said, that's why there's always guards that quit often. There's something evil in this area, and it's not the first time that something that bad happens here. He then showed us security footage of dark figures and shadows literally passing through the office area, and lights mysteriously switching on and off. Till this day, I get chill. I still get chills recounting my experience when I tell them to my friend or my family, and I'm even getting chills right now as I'm typing this. I had never had a real encounter with the supernatural until that night. Many say that it was a demonic presence messing around. Others says that it was a ghost of a dead person who might have died in the area. I don't know what it was. I did not know what it was, but it didn't last long on the job after that. There was other experiences that I shall write about. Huh. Hey, Clutch. Thank you for joining the show, buddy. Yeah, man, I like... I like uh, I like telling these stories. They're kind of cool. I like reading them out. Let me see here. 
Um, let's see what other story I could read for you guys. Okay, this is a short one. Hopefully, it's a good one. This is called "Help Me, I'm Lost," and I don't, I don't pre-read these stories. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, uh, I'm reading them live, uh, obviously, but I'm kind of, I, they're, they're new to me too, because I don't know, kind of like to be surprised by the story. So some of the stories may not be as scary, but uh, they're interesting nonetheless, and it's supposedly they're true stories. Okay, so bear that in mind. This is uh, titled "Help, Help Me, I'm Lost," uh, and it was written. Three years ago on a Reddit, user has been deleted, not there anymore. Story goes, this is my first post, and it is a true story. I was living in a rural area in Oklahoma with my mother at a small lake house. Uh, I was probably about 10 to 11 years old at that time. One night, while I was sleeping in my room, um, I woke up randomly and abruptly for no reason. This was not normal for me and I felt very uneasy. The only sound I could hear was my mother snoring in the next room on the couch. I rolled over and tried to go back to sleep, but my need to use the bathroom was growing more and more urgently, so I grudgingly forced myself to go to the restroom. The bathroom was on the other side of the house, around the corner and past the kitchen, and finally down a long hallway to the right. So after I made the trip and finished my business, I flipped off the light switch and started heading back to bed. And that's when I heard the stick click of the light switch, and I saw the glow of the bathroom light in the hallway turn on by itself. Terrified, I slowly turned around just to witness the light in the bathroom start clicking on and off, and I could hear it clicking, 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 clicking. Finally, it shut completely off. And here I was, in the dark of the hallway, my eyes began to make out a white shape near the end of the hall. It was around my size, and it was crouched to the floor. I tried yelling, but nothing would come out of my voice. At this point, I was also frozen, and my legs began trembling. My mind starts realizing that my mom is sleeping, and there was nobody else in at home except for me. Then, this white shape began whispering in a quiet in a quiet man's voice, help me, I am lost. I remember wanting to yell, to scream, but I couldn't. And instead, I barely said no before this thing starts running at me on what sounded like on all fours. I quickly ran through the kitchen and around the corner before running from my sleeping mother and shaking her awake. I remember saying, it's coming, it's coming, and my mother's eye going from dazed to alert in an instant. She asked me what was going on, and I saw the look, and I saw her eyes look over my shoulder before she too yelled. Remembering her scream still makes my blood run cold. Never have I heard pure terror like that in my life, even to this day. She grabs me by the arm and pulls me into the room and slams the door. She holds me in her arms while her back was pressed against the door and we both listened. It sounded like this thing was running around in circles in the kitchen. We could hear hands and feet slapping against the tile. The kitchen had a sliding glass door to the outside which sounded like it was thrown open. Then it was slammed closed. We sat in that room both horrified until daybreak. 
I was sent to my grandmother's in the next town for a while after that and never set foot in that house again. Years later, my mom said that she went walking around the property after this incident and came across a small, a small burial site with three headstones that each belonged to children from the early 1900s. It freaks me out because what I heard that night was a man's voice, but it was it was a man's voice coming from a little body, and it was very unnatural. My mom still would not tell me what she saw behind me and what it was that made her scream. She tells me that she's afraid. It will know we're talking about it, and it will come back to us. This was my first weird experience I've ever had in my young life. Oh, it's kind of trippy, huh? All right. I hope you guys are enjoying <clears throat> our second night of scary stories. Go ahead and comment if you guys are enjoying that here on, uh, on our uh, on our comment section. Call us if you've had uh, if you had any weird experiences. Uh, I like to, uh, or either put put them on. You can you guys can also post them uh, to our chat to see if you guys have ever had any experiences. You can write them too, and I can read them to the rest of uh, the rest of the of the crew that we have here. All right, we'll do one more, and then we'll call it a night. I'm trying to line up some um, some more interviews uh, for next week. Okay, and uh, uh, I changed. Uh, I, I informed you guys that I had created an Art Bell backup channel yesterday, and uh, I changed the name of the channel. Uh, I know I told you guys it was Art Bell Gold, but I just reverted it to Art Bell Files, and I would appreciate if you guys would join that channel. So if you go to YouTube, um, you guys can go to youtube.com forward slash at Art Bell Files and join that channel. That helps uh, if you're a fan of Art Bell, that would help us to grow that channel and, uh, and listen to some great Art Bell shows. So I'm going to copy the link for you guys so you guys can go ahead and join in um so i have a few videos up there but eventually i'll be posting some more okay so i have some new subscribers and i'm going to be posting the link here thank you honor 413 i appreciate you it's good to get feedback because sometimes i have a lot of listeners but i don't know if you guys are uh, enjoying the show or not so if you're if you don't mind commenting on, on the putting a comment that gives me a little bit more energy to keep going <clears throat> Because, you know, from my side, I'm just kind of reading to, into a microphone. Um, so uh, I just posted a link for the YouTube channel that I created, uh, which is a uh, channel dedicated to prior shows of Art Bell. And it's at youtube.com forward slash at Art Bell Files. Okay, so I encourage you guys to go ahead and join that. And uh, like and recommend us as always. Let's see here, and we'll go on with more true scary stories for you guys. Enjoy. So far, we had a, a few good ones today, right? 
Let me see what this one is. There are a lot of cool stuff online. Okay, let's see here. Um, this one's called the man on my patio. It's a long, well, not too long. Just kind of scanning it, make sure it's a scary post. Just like I told you guys, I don't pre uh, quote unquote screen these guys. Um, no, this is not a scary story at all. They're just kind of like weird stories. Let me go back to my other. Sorry, guys, this is a live show. You gotta bear with me. Give me a little bit of. Okay, retired pyramid. This sounds kind of good. Open. Okay, cool. This is called. Uh, this is a retired paramedic. Paramedic. I should write a book about my, well, um, this is from a, a Reddit uh, post. This is called, uh, it said, I should write a book about my paramedic days. I posted this, this story in a different uh, community and had quite the response. So I said, why not? I'm going to share it under this scary story. I had a call on a very desolate stretch of road for a car that happened to be sitting in the middle of the road. Yes, covered in blood. Of course, it happened to me at 2 a.m., just like every horror story you ever watch. We arrived on the scene and found a new Camaro sitting in the middle of the road that had obviously been in some kind of accident. Problem is, there is absolutely nothing else around the car. There was no people, there was no other vehicle, nothing. Part of my job then was a tactical paramedic for the sheriff's department. Sounds all exciting and... Uh, and valiant, but nope, uh, not as a medic. I got paid for actually uh, to wait for stuff to happen as I couldn't investigate myself. So I decided to sit in the rear uh, with my gear waiting for the sheriffs to arrive. Uh, that being said, uh, for other occasions, uh, my paramedic partner and I both had pistols in the ambulance just in case something happened. On this particular occasion, as we arrived on scene, we started approaching the Camaro. My partner was shining a light around when he says really low, hushed and rushed, back, 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 go, now, 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 now. He said, I shined my light in the car and there in, ooh, and there in the car, there were what I could make out to be intestines wrapped around the gear shifter and a piece of tissue remin reminiscence of a lung in the backseat. So we kind of freaked out. Waited, called dispatch again to please send uh, the sheriffs right away because something very odd was happening here. 
Uh, and in the process of getting out uh, and waiting until the cops show up, when we actually see a figure appear walking down the road towards us, as this figure gets closer, we see that he is covered in blood and gore. We both threw on our tactical vest, we put on our helmets. Without thinking, we both snatch our, at our pistols and uh, call back dispatch, this time sounding like a scared nine-year-old. We approached and started screaming at this thing to get on the ground, which he immediately did. After everyone's heart rate fell below 200 beats per minute, we started talking and figuring out what happened. This guy had purchased a brand new Camaro and drove it to this desolate stretch of road and opened it up to see how fast it would go. He said one minute he is shifting gears and the next thing he knows his car is all over the road and his mouth was full of blood and it smelled like an explosion had gone off inside of his vehicle. My partner and I looked at each other and we could make out that this was indeed the driver of the car. He was alone. He seemed to be in good shape, but he had blood and some sort of guts all over him as there were guts in the car and the car was just covered in blood. I started looking at his injuries, uh, but I couldn't really see anything major, maybe just a scratch or two. And I asked him about if he had any passengers in the car. And he says, what passenger? He goes, I was driving alone, I told you. My partner says, uh, listen, uh, there appears to be a lung, uh, a lung in your backseat. Uh, and the guy goes straight into a mental overload and can't come up with anything. Uh, he just seemed like he just lost it, like he just blanked out for a minute. Um, I got him into the ambulance as I waited for police. Uh, dispatch called us saying they were five minutes away. Uh, I told the dispatch, we potentially have another victim out here. I have to go look out by myself and see if I can find a body. By this time, the driver was still checked out. I walked th towards the crash scene once again, and I looked into the car, and sure enough, intestines wrapped around the gear shifter along in the back seat. It looked like parts of a liver. It looked like a hand grenade had really gone off inside of the car. I walked around the other side of the vehicle and saw a faint blood smear stain on the road. I walked to it, see something else further down the road, so I kept walking towards it. Maybe this was the second occupant. I finally saw something on the side of the road. I ran up to it and honestly completely freaked out and scared to death about the body I was about to see when I suddenly spotted antlers. This guy had hit a deer. What happened was that he was winding the car out, speeding, State policemen estimated that he was probably traveling at 100 miles an hour and a deer happened to jump into his car's pathway, hit the top corner of the windshield with the stomach. When the windshield crashed, it created a negative vacuum in the car, sucking almost all of the deer's organs out of him and into the car and all over the driver. I had the fire department decontaminate him, wrapped him in some blankets, and took him to the hospital. For many, many, many years, my wonderful 911 dispatchously happily played back the recording for anybody who wished to hear it.
Uh, some crazy stuff. But the guy is lucky the driver could have passed away, you know? There's a lot of stories out there where people are like driving down the road, they can hit a deer or a cow. Uh, and um, and sometimes, you know, you can they, they can kill you. So this guy was lucky. And I, I never personally heard about a vacuum effect, but that must have been insane. <laughs> driving back, picture yourself driving back uh, some kind of backwoods uh, in a brand new shiny car, you know, feeling good. And all of a sudden, you feel like something just detonated inside of your vehicle. Poor guy. <clears throat> um, Honor413 says, Someday would love to your opinion on our bill, George Lutz interview. Sure. I'll go ahead and take a listen, Honor413, and I'll comment on it in the show notes. Hope you guys are enjoying our, our format of scary stories. I know I am. They're very um, they're, they're 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 cool things to to read about. Let's see here. Okay, let's see. This is called "My Brother Saw a Ghost as a Kid." Two decades later, I realized what he actually saw that night. I was about seven years old. My brother was about 10. It was well past our bedtime when our mom woke up, uh, when our mom woke up off the couch to put us to bed. Our dad worked construction out of town back then, so it was often just us three at the house for weeks at a time. Up the stairs and to the immediate right was our parents' bedroom. Going left put us in the middle of a hallway, taking another left down the hallway led to my brother's room. The opposite end was my own room, which was also across the hall from our upstairs bedroom. <clears throat> At either end of the hallway are windowed doors that we always kept locked and rarely used. The door on my end led to a balcony overlooking our front yard, and the door on my brother's end opened to the back porch. My brother and mom both had a habit of waking up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. I only knew this because I was always a light sleeper and they just couldn't help flushing the door wide open. The toilet bowl, uh, flushing the toilet with the door wide open. This night, however, my brother stopped on his way to his room and came back towards the bathroom. I'm going to try to pee before I go to bed. The past few nights I've been too afraid to walk to the bathroom, he said. I kept seeing a man wearing stripes at the end of the hallway. I don't know if my mom wrote it off as my brother telling a ghost story to me or trying to scare her, uh, but she was already half asleep and didn't catch it. Um, I, on the other hand, was terrified by my brother mentioning this white striped man. The fear of seeing a ghost like that at the end of the hallway or through the window is the reason I started running from the stairs to my bedroom at night for the next few days. Years later, years later, when I was about 18 years, my mom and I were having a conversation in her car about a dog we had for a very short time when I was little. We were sharing stories about Max's, our dog's name, tendency towards destroying my shoes and other unruly behavior when my mom blurted out, Do you remember that time I opened up the front door for the cops and Max ran inside the kitchen and started tearing open the big bag of dog food we had? This really caught me by surprise because in all the years I lived in that house, we never once called the cops. We were gun owners in a quiet rural neighborhood. I asked her, what she was talking about and she looked equally surprised as she had just revealed something kept by kept from me by accident 
oh, that's right. I never told you because you were too young at the time. One night, I woke up hearing noises outside my window. And when I looked, I saw a man staring into my bedroom. She went on to describe how turning on the lights caused them to take off running and how she grabbed my dad's pistol before calling the cops. I can't remember all the details I gave them when they showed up. He was a tall white man wearing a striped shirt and jeans, short dark hair, something like that. They said it matched a description of a man they were looking for in the area and it turned out that it was an escape, um, escape from a local jail on a murder charge. Now, I know it sounds so obvious hearing those two stories back to back, but it wasn't until a few years in my mid-twenties that I pieced together that my brother had unknowingly warned us about a murderer who was spending the nights inside of our home. Well, yeah, that's not cool. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty scary. All right, guys, I think we'll call it a night. It's eight, almost 8.20. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying our format. Uh, go ahead and join uh, on our new YouTube channel dedicated to everything Art Bell at youtube.com forward slash at Art Bell Files. Uh, all the stuff that used to be posted to this channel is now going to be reposted in that other channel. Um, go ahead and like our videos. And another favor I have to ask, look for us and, uh, and subscribe to our um, podcast. I've turned this show uh, to a podcast and it can be found at Apple Podcasts and also at Spotify. Let's see, I'm going to give you, so yeah, Apple Podcasts, uh, look for Strange Days Paranormal. Uh, it's still Strange Days Live, but I, I, I called it Strange Days Paranormal so that way um, uh, people could find it under the word paranormal. Because Strange Days Live doesn't really say much. So if you have Apple Podcasts, look for Strange Days Paranormal and join it. And on Spotify, the same thing. Look for Strange Days Paranormal and please join it. That will help me tremendously. And I, uh, they're all up to date. So all the episodes are there uh, a day after they're broadcasted live here on YouTube. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, please join uh, our podcast. And uh, I think that it's on other uh, platforms as well, but I can't remember them at this time. So uh, Spotify, Strange Days Paranormal, Apple Podcasts, Strange Days Paranormal. Uh, you can also use our website at strangedayslive.com and scroll down and you can join all our social media. I'll be more active on all those social media sites, posting weird videos and things like that to grow the community. And uh, if you have scary stories or something you'd like to discuss, leave that in the comment section. Share this with your friends. And thank you so much for being faithful listeners of the program. May God bless you all. Have a great uh, remaining Wednesday. I still have about three hours here in California. You guys probably crossed into Thursday. And I'll see you tomorrow. We're going to keep, we're probably going to keep the format of the scary stories uh, just because it's easier for me and I don't have to research uh, a lot, you know. So, yeah, guys, thank you uh, for joining us. God bless you and have a wonderful, scary night.